Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License Flight Number 35 with service to Rosewood, Pennsylvania. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember, if you randomly get a message from an unknown number that is vaguely threatening and signed off by a person only calling themselves A, how dare you have your phone off of airplane mode during the flight? Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Purvis, joined by Max Singer and Rich Inman. How are you boys doing today? I'm fantastic. I've been trying to figure out where uh, Rosewood is, and it's not a real place, but I found a town called Rosemont, Pennsylvania. It's like 30 minutes north of Philly, so go birds. <laughs> hey, go birds. Rich, I mean, how are every- you doing? I'm doing great. Everything is just Los Angeles. Let's cut the let's cut the crap that you could just write any town and, and film it in the middle of Burbank, and it's the same thing. Also, you know, good good for you for turning off uh, your your airplane mode. I like to keep mine on because I never know where it's going to fly to. Oh, that's that's a fair point. I, you know, I don't want to spoil. Prepared. I don't want to spoil this episode yet for our listeners. Although you should know because you clicked on it to stream it. But <laughs> this show would be a thousand percent better if everybody had the mayor from Easttown Delco accents in it. <laughs> can can you Max? Can you can you take the floor and give us a little uh, like example of what that sounds like? Oh, God, no, I cannot do Delco for the life of me. And if I do a bad Delco accent, I'm going to get my ass kicked by someone from Delco. <laughs> Delco, not famously not friends of the pod. Oh, my God. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, this week we are diving into the ABC Family Freeform If You're Nasty classic of Pretty <laughs> Little Liars. Uh, oh, man, gross. <laughs> but... Before we tell our secrets, uh, because we cannot keep them, Max, do you mind telling folks what this podcast is all about? Here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of television's most famous, or in some cases, infamous shows. We learn how these shows came to be, if we think they're effective pilots and making us want to watch more, and if in our opinion they can be made today... Go back and listen to our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever. Go find a show you know and love. Uh, Take a shot in the dark at a show you may never have seen before. And if it is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard. Yeah, and uh, and I will say too, I did just look up the numbers. Our top three episodes are uh, Girls with Rosie Blair, uh, Glee with Karama, her first time around, and then Dawson's Creek with their friend Brendan Sargent. Hey, love to Go check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Check them out when Spotify is functioning. Rich, <laughs> what is your question of the week? Uh, the the game of the week is actually in the form of a question, Jeff. And here's uh, here's that question: Have you ever uh, received a message, possibly from the unknown or some in- unexplained reason? And what is that message? So um, I unfortunately have not received a message from the great unknown but i've received a lot of messages that start off with hey tim i had such a fun time last night uh can't wait to see you again and then i'm like oh sorry the first time shame on me i was like sorry you have the wrong number and then you know i had a lovely conversation but here's the here's the fun trick if you're really bored and you get one of these numbers just go after it this was the original ai are these spam text (laughs) message conversations so test out that ai platform see how you can challenge it and see what information and how bothersome you can be max what about you (laughs) 
I don't think I get a lot of paranormal messages in my life, but living in LA, I see a lot of things spray painted that just say like smoke weed every day. So I'm getting messages <laughs> from somewhere. <laughs> from from the California Weed Council. Rich, what about you? Uh so okay, so I am extremely not a woo-woo person. Everyone knows this. Um but after my childhood cat died, who lived to twenty five, which is an oh my insane gosh. number. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, way obviously more serious, but my grandmother, when, when, when she died, uh, they both had recurring, uh, uh, recurring roles in my dreams for probably a month afterwards, almost nearly every day they would show up in my dreams. I don't know if that's any message. Uh, Jeff, I, I, you're, if, if the most you believe in ghosts is, uh, getting an occasional spam text message. Uh, you're gonna fall for more stuff, so you know, start forwarding <laughs> me things that you think are 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 from the great beyond. That that sounds great. I'll save you some um, money. I will, uh, you'll be first on my list, Rich. Uh, <laughs> look out! I have like five texts already. Uh, that <laughs> so something about helping me get longer and stronger. Uh, but you uh-huh. know, we'll see how yeah. that goes. No, that's uh, that's from the uh, that's from the NBA training basketball camp. You should definitely oh, answer that. Solid. <laughs> I am so ready. Uh, well. Rich, the thank League you stands so much for, for your question of the week. Um, well, before we take too deep of a dive into Pretty Little Liars, um, a quick synopsis of the show. Four <laughs> friends band together against an anonymous foe who threatens to reveal their darkest secrets while also investigating the disappearance of their best friend. Uh, but before we dive into this show, Max, can you tell us a little bit about how it was made? So before we talk about something really cool, TV, we have to talk something about uh, a little less cool, books. Books. Boo. Uh, <laughs> boo. Books. So today we're talking about podcast. ABC Family's pilot episode for Pretty Little Liars, which originally aired on June 8th, 2010. And we're going to be talking about two people responsible for the creation of Pretty Little Liars as a whole. That's Sarah Shepard and I, Marlene King. Uh, so Sarah Shepard wrote the book series that the Pretty Little Liars TV show is based on. First released in 2006, these books made their way onto the New York Times bestsellers list, and they're broken up into four arcs. Uh, To this date, there's 16 books in total, along with two companion novels. This isn't an idea of Shepard's, though. Shepard was approached by what's called a book packaging company, who basically are these publishing firms who come up with an idea for a book and then they hire someone to write them oftentimes as ghostwriters under pseudonyms in this case sarah shepherd did write them under her own name oh. she's approached by a company called alloy entertainment to write these books on the premise of desperate housewives for teens packaging companies uh then distribute these books oftentimes to try and become additional material For example, Alloy Entertainment is actually a division of Warner Brothers, and they are also responsible for publishing Gossip Girl and The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Wow. That being said, this show was originally developed as a TV pilot for Warner Brothers in 2006, the exact same time these books came out. Basically, the idea was, we've got this idea, we know these books are going to be hot with teens, so we're going to drop them and then immediately drop a companion TV show as well. Unfortunately, 2006 was also when the WB Network went out of business, and that whole project got scrapped. So in 2008, 
ABC Family takes a general meeting with the writer I. Marlene King, who first broke out in 1995 with the script for Now and Then, a coming-of-age story starring Rosie O'Donnell, Demi Moore, Christina Ricci, Gabby Hoffman, Thora Birch, Melanie Griffith, Rita Wilson. It's like a real 90s classic. Wow. Uh, also wrote the less iconic 2006 rom-com Just My Luck starring Lindsay Lohan and Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, my icons, my icons in life. <laughs> yeah, for for all of the love we give Chris Pine now, he made some real crap for a while. Uh, take a guess which one of these movies got I, Marlene King, the general at ABC Family. It's the first one. So oh they, they bring her in for a meeting and they pitch her on the idea of this book series, Pernolio Liars, to develop for their network. She becomes hooked on it. She says she read the entire first book in the series on the plane ride back from Los Angeles, and they decide to shoot a pilot. Uh, funny enough, the first book in this series is the entire pilot. So this oh. like 40-something minutes that we all watched, and hopefully you at home watched as well, is it's like the a 300 entire page book. first book. Wow. Jeff, you look confused. <laughs> Because normally when someone's like, oh, we, we turned a book into a TV show, it's like, I think I'm going through what everyone who's listening to this is going through. Usually a book is a season. That's how, like, we equate it, you know, TV uh, chapters equal episodes and or like, multiple seasons. all that stuff. But now you're you're telling me this is uh, George R.R. R. Martin's nightmare. Like, can you imagine <laughs> going to George R.R. R. Martin and being like, guess what? We need like we need two more episodes stat, and by episodes we mean books. We like, grew up in the era where books were being broken up into two movies. You think about yeah. all of the two part finale films of like the late aughts, early tens, like Twilight and Harry Potter and Hunger Games. No, this is the opposite. <laughs> like yeah, in, and, uh... in this world, like and this isn't that far off from Twilight. Twilight, the entire series would have been one movie. And like, wait, how would how would all the buku bucks of all the horny teens uh, go into just a single movie? That's not profitable. It's true. No, no one has ever, no one has ever admitted that how much money that the horny teen market is in the United States, and we really need to be tapping into that more. We need Jeff, to Jeff, take be... your shirt off. <laughs> all right, Max. What, what else? Uh, yeah, the, before the, the, I got the teens, perplexed? the teens are going to save the box office. Uh, so <laughs> this pilot episode we are watching was helmed by the director uh, Leslie Linka Glader, who also did Now and Then, along with episodes of Twin Peaks, West Wing, and Mad Men. The show initially gets a ten episode order from ABC Family, but is expanded to twenty two for its first season. And the success of this TV series actually expanded the book series as well, which was only originally planned to be eight, eight novels. So they doubled their book total. This show goes on to be a runaway smash. And uh, let's let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I, let, I let's get into more... Let's get into HBO for Episcopalians, uh, ABC <laughs> Family. I have a lot more math questions because there's a lot more episodes than just 16 uh, but they set a really bad trajectory with that first episode. Oh, uh, you know, these series, they go off the rails and they start straying from the books. <laughs> let me, let me just say, so we've done two. some shows that have been very on the nose with how they open. 
And I think this may win the award because our opening song is 303's Don't Trust Me, uh, which I was, was I rocking out to it? 100%. I she was wants to touch me up. up. She never leave me Sweet baby boy. No, 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 no. We cannot get sued. And we can't get copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, every, everyone knows Max's voice is so much like the 303 guys that uh, if someone shazams this episode, we're done the, for it. Those very interesting harmonies that they have going on. But God, um, what, a, what a trashy 2010 song to pick. So without, <laughs> since none of us had previously watched this show, when you see a group of teenagers drinking in a barn, um... How old did you think these girls were? Originally? I'm so glad we're we're tackling my biggest question for this entire show right up front because the fact the amount of alcohol people are able to obtain in seemingly legal ways in this town makes me think that this is like this whole series takes place in like I don't know 1965 or something like that because. <laughs> How is everyone getting so much alcohol? Literally, okay, we go to Aria to with Aria to a bar. She is drinking beer. I thought she was at least twenty three, and then and then I don't know. Everyone's going to be sixteen in this show. It's so it's you way and uh, one of the patrons at the bar also thought that she was a little bit <laughs> yeah. older. Uh, yeah. But the it was interesting, right? Like it very much seemed like a harmless beginning um of a show right teenagers drinking fun uh for those who are <laughs> curious they are all supposed to be around 14 to 15 years old at this point in time uh but then after friends are um as uh ali says friends share secrets that's what keeps us close uh we Ooh, go to ominous. the next morning and first of all uh, as my wife said, who is an avid fan of this show, uh, in regards to Lucy Hale, who sleeps on the ground in a full chain belt uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what? That's a we valid also question. we also have another big question, and that is where the fuck is Allie? Because yeah, I got a bigger is... question that first, Jeff. How the fuck did they not burn this barn down? They fell asleep with all those candles lit. <laughs> Fire safety. Only we can prevent forest fires. I heard that in an ad. Oh, my God. Uh, But we, one of our characters is missing. Um, And we are then shown a card saying it has been one year later. Um, And guess who's moved back to town? Aria. Uh, We learn her name. Okay, I have have a bone to pick with this show. Normally, if you're going, just, just one bone to pick. And I'm going to use this now. Normally, if you're introducing characters and you want people to be following the show who've never read a book, you sort of like, just for the sake of the audience, have that exposition of like, oh, Arya, it's so nice to see you early. First scene. No, we get to our third scene before we learn what Lucy Hale's character's name is, Arya, um, as they have moved back from Europe after her father's sabbatical. Um, and her dad has a secret, but like, it's, it's just like, there's something about just not telling me the characters' names where I was just like, 
I am just as confused as everyone else because I'm like, who the fuck am I looking at? And am yeah. I supposed to care about them? Do they ever explain why her dad needed to take a one-year sabbatical to Iceland? And also, taking like a 15-year-old on a one-year sabbatical to Europe when she's like in the peak of her high school years? Oh my god, that's torture to the poor kid. Yeah, I... I, I think they do. I mean, th- I think that's going to be revealed based on like the secret that we'll we'll talk about in a second for for her dad. Like, I can see like that's why he got sent away. But yeah, I a hundred percent agree, Jeff. And I think one thing that is going to keep coming up in this episode and probably for the rest of the show is that by calling it Pretty Little Liars and having the expectation of people lying is that there's no reliable narrators for the entire show so you have no idea if anything you're listening to is uh, is like being told as truth and i'm like i how can you possibly sit and listen to this it's like it's this, this is like having trump as president it's like you know he's not telling the truth why am i going to sit and listen to this <laughs> well i do want to uh call out one nerdy thing uh, and that is the actress who plays Ella Montgomery, Arya's mom, uh, Holly Marie Combs. Uh, I know her and love her from Charmed. Uh, she was one of the original three of the Trinity Witches. And uh, Holly, we salute you. Definitely oh, my you just friend go of from the like, Trashy teen show stars, like trashy teen show mom progression. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that this was just very... This is her uh, Molly Ringwald arc, right? Yeah. Like, ABC Family just has a way of being like, hey, you're done with this really popular thing or, like, the height of your career. Come and be a mom. Like, yeah, let's, the, let's uh, go. It's the teen to MILF porn pipeline. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, but then we, you know, Arya is asked by her parents to drop off her brother at lacrosse practice because, of course, it's Pennsylvania uh, what else are they going to be doing? Uh, but then, you know, what's the next stop when your brother has to be at lacrosse tryouts till six? Go to a bar. Um, yeah, you're 16. Go to a bar. <laughs> there's, a, there's a directing choice here where she asks what time the brother needs to be picked up. He says six. And they do a really long shot closely framed yeah. on the clock in the car saying 415 to establish that Aria has an hour 45. <laughs> Did you guys uh, catch the name of the uh, the song that was playing in the background? It was I only know because it was closed captions, but it's called Ben's Brothers Beauty Queen uh, is the name of the song that was in the background. Oh, and, I couldn't uh, tell what the name of the song was because the mix was so goddamn loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we learn a couple of other things. This is not the most important song that we have in this uh, scene. Well, Hollis is also the university. Anyways. That, uh, <laughs> I got waitlisted there. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, They just deferred me straight up. Uh, As far as um, as Arya sitting at this bar, having a beer at 16. Is she uh, having a beer or or is it like a really pale beer or a water? I couldn't tell. That's beer for that's beer for sure. It's 100 percent. She's having a beer. There's a you know, there's a cute guy at the bar Um, and they start striking up conversation. And then, you know, we have to have a meet cute, which is the fray. Uh, playing in the song Happiness. Man, this the, just the fray got they they did such a good job of making songs that are only for people who are like like really hormonal and and they're they're just gonna tell every story they possibly can only through a a breakup or a parent dying lens. And it's so good for TV. And I'm I just want them to make endless money and I hope they continue to get it. Yeah, and so 
we have this meet cute moment, right? Of uh, Arya is talking about how she is a writer, and one day, you know, she might think about being an English major. This man, uh, this fully grown adult, uh, <laughs> let me be very clear, is talking about how he's so inspired that she is wanting to be a writer, uh, and he's becoming a teacher himself. <laughs> Fellas, who hasn't used that line? And we <laughs> cut to them just like straight up going for it in the bathroom of yeah, the bar. Know. Just they're the yeah. only two people in this bar. They're the the only witness of them doing it is probably the bartender. But then we just cut right to the intro of yeah. the show. They're ABC family fucking, which is a, a slight kiss and then a break and then another slight kiss and then another break. It's like it's. Oh, go ahead, Max. I was going to say, I think this is our first theme song with an accordion in it. Ooh. <laughs> it's also our first uh, intro with a mannequin in it, uh, which is terrifying. <laughs> For those like, keeping track at home. <laughs> yeah, no, there are many moments where, like, uh, so the song that is so interesting fact about the song, um, when they were creating the intro to this show, they were having a very hard time picking out a theme song for the intro. Uh, and Lucy Hale actually made the suggestion of using Secret uh, by the Pierces as the song. And the producers liked it so much that they chose it to be this song. Now, I will say the song is perfect for this show, but this is a horrifying <laughs> introduction of just a corpse slash mannequin being switched in and out, being done up uh yeah. for our introduction i i really did not enjoy the song is bad like the visuals are bad it's just like it's so it's so i think there was just like a uh, like a push against like high quality artwork or like high quality art in some of these tv shows that are geared towards like not an adult audience and this is just like a prime example of we're going to make something that sounds really cool just to someone who's 15 and in Missouri. Lucy picked the song and everybody liked it. So he made the theme song is just giving like Marissa Cooper on social committee from the OC. <laughs> oh my God. It, it like a lot of, I think we were right around in like 2010, 2009, like 2011 time. We were in this like, little bit of off-putting like cringe creep like scariness right uh, uh, one of the movies that comes to mind that like came out around here was sucker punch now was that a good movie no uh but it had some of those similar concepts of aesthetics of like being a little bit terrifying and like uncomfortable and unsettling and i while i don't think like maybe this wasn't the best song i think that the intro did a really good job of being haunting um the idea of preparing a body for a burial is you know it's very uncomfortable as inherently spooky yeah and that is what this show is it's supposed to be spooky um but we go into our next scene and it's a very uh very stark contrast from the bar or even the intro we're in a designer store uh mm -hmm. where we see ashley benson uh, I'm just going to call her Ashley Benson because we've not been given her name yet. They give nobody's name in this entire scene. I didn't know, <laughs> I know until like three quarters of the way through this pilot who the people were in this scene. Well, but we I do will meet... say, oh, you go get, for it, Rich. You get two examples of maybe the worst exposition dumps that I've ever seen. It's so it's so ham fisted. 
there's I wrote this line down verbatim because I was like really surprised at how little they were saving for a show don't tell moment. And it was I can't believe Spencer Hastings actually has time to shop. You're interning for the mayor, taking classes at Hollis and redoing the barn. Like literally <laughs> they're covering every single bit of what she's up to. And there's no there's nothing that says these two people haven't seen each other recently. I, I don't understand like like what the point is when you could very easily like break up that information a little bit. You have forty five minutes. Yeah, it, it definitely was interesting in the idea of we are very much relied upon as the audience of like, oh hey, these girls were in that starting scene together. So like you better remember that they were there. Truly. If you forgot, you are so confused in this moment. Uh the, the But time part, has oh. passed. <laughs> <laughs> one year. One yeah. year has passed. It's um, not 4.15 p.m. anymore, you guys. But, like, one of the things that I thought was intriguing about this scene is we are given the sense of, like, hey, there is a little bit of a ro- rockiness in the relationship. These girls are not barn drinking buddies anymore. Uh, one of them is uh, shoplifting uh, very expensive sunglasses the other is uh, trying to find a top or an outfit as she prepares for uh, her sister and her future brother-in-law, potentially, um, you know, coming to celebrate at her mansion, uh, we come to find out. It's a shame there are no hoedowns or hootenannies to be had amongst these women. <laughs> yeah, and... Not a one. I, I mean, at the end of the scene, right, like, we see Ashley Benson's character. I'm not going to call her by her name in the show until we are given her name. That's uh, fine. But we uh, we see her, like, sneak out. We have that moment of, oh, is she going to get caught? No. The security guard just brings her her bag. Classic. Uh, and which was, like, I I sort of smiled with the idea of the false arrest, right? Like, I, I like that idea. I like that joke. Um, <laughs> but then um, we go to the first day of school, for the most part. Uh, and we are in front of the school. Arya's dad has driven her there. Uh, and we find out what this big secret, what Ooh. happened with Arya's dad that may or may not have been the reason for the sabbatical. What'd you do, dad? Whole. I mean, um, we're gonna, there's there's gonna be a theme in this show. Uh, and that is, <laughs> that Infidelity. is inappropriate relationships <laughs> with, uh, people that are you are the superior of uh as well as inappropriately older than um and Arya's dad was uh no different we get a great flashback scene of her and uh the alley character uh walking and seeing her dad making out with uh Someone that could not be that much older it's than that. It's such a long flashback scene. It's not just her seeing the car. It's like half of her entire day with a sepia tone. So you know it was in the past. Because <laughs> that's what I, it looked I, like back then. We don't know names. We need sepia tones. We need this force <laughs> fed to us uh, to know what's happening. But we get back to school um, and we meet by name one of the fellow girls. Uh, and that is... That is Emily Fields, played by Shay Mitchell. Who says uh, every single one of her lines, like, somehow they forgot to mic her. Oh my God. <laughs> and, okay, this is my second, this is my second really bad exposition dump moment. 
because it is her taking Arya in the back of the class and at announcing in front of everyone as they come in the state of the relationship between everybody. So you can't just like figure it out through context clues. Like you were going to get it hammered into your dumb little brain. <laughs> what, what, what is happening to the, uh, between these women? It is like, uh, I, I just like every, everything is so exp- explicitly laid out that you're shocked. It's shocking to me that this is from an entire book. Cause we're already like what? 15 minutes in. Yeah, we're like we're already like probably a third into the actual time of we're this cruising. episode. But guess what? You know why I loved this scene in the English classroom because we learned people's fucking names. Uh, so we... <laughs> Jeff Kerbis is so, Jeff Kerbis is fan so, of exposition only only when it actually like helps him remember and not cause face blindness. Well, like here's the thing, right? Like when I was watching this with my wife Alex who is a avid fan of this show. Um, She was giving me everyone's names left and right. And like, I have them written down in my notes because that is for me to be able to keep track of people because I can't just say Shay Mitchell, Ashley Benson, Lucy Hale, Sasha, (laughs) uh, Troyan. Like that, that does not work for this episode. But it was one of those things where like when they finally were like, oh yeah, that's Hannah who you were great friends with. And she's now friends with Mona wow, Mona looks great and Hannah looks great and they're BFFs. Like, I was like, thank Christ. I know <laughs> I can put a face to a name finally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, we were leading up to this big moment uh, where, like, it's mentioned, oh, the English teacher, he's new. And, you know, as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, oh no. Well, like, and I think Shay Mitchell says, like, and I heard he's hot. Yeah, and Arya knows. <laughs> oh, and then followed, followed by, like, five seconds of dead air. There was no sound after that. There was no dialogue. I hear yeah, he's I hot. Like, okay, we're going to sit down now. I, I fully was expecting him to walk into the room, and then it's just, like, then you have that, you know, like, your heart goes into your stomach moment. Um, the comedic timing but, like, is way off. But the... We find out that the man that Arya made out with in the bar is her new English teacher. Um, so just for everyone's information, because I had to look this up so I felt a little bit better about everything. So in the show, Arya is supposed to be about 16 years old. Uh, Fitzner, or Fitz is supposed to be about 23. In real life, it's a crime. Um, <laughs> Lucy Hale is 20 years old, and Ian Harding, the actor who plays Mr. Fitz, it's is 55. 23. Uh, so very close, Rich, but uh, just <laughs> half off. Um, that was my so, that was my game of the week. Uh, but then something really important happens after we see Arya's reaction to seeing Mr. Fitz, and she gets a text message just from a mysterious figure named a um that basically speaks to the idea that a knows what is happening and knows aria's fears and unfortunately um, i am gonna spoil this a little bit uh because due to recent recent events we now know that a is actually adam levine so that's really upsetting <laughs> oh that that's that's too bad um but in our next scene we go to emily's house 
Um, we find out that Ali uh, De Laurentiis, uh, De Laurentiis, the girl who went missing, her family sold their home uh, to avoid just the terror of and the memories that happened when you know a child goes missing. No blame on that. But then a super interesting conversation happens after that between Emily and her mom about the concept of treating your kids as equals versus owning your children basically was the implication and a scene shot with the most cuts back and forth it's like they filmed one line at a time it was one of those things where like i appreciated emily's perspective of like yeah you know young adults should be treated more like equals not fully yet because you know 16 year olds can sometimes be dumbasses but like at the same time I don't know what the point of having it in this scene was because the main thing that we got is, hey, uh, Allie's family sold the home. Like, that was that main piece that we were supposed to learn in this scene. Hey, man, yeah. we had to fit a whole book into this episode. <laughs> this, se- this seems to be just like an ABC family staple of uh, a kid is going to fight for their own adulthood in like in a conversation with their parents. And their parents subscribe to these really weird ideas of like what a mature high school kid is supposed to be, where it's like you it's, don't get your hair colored and stuff like that. And then you saw it except, with yeah. you saw it with Secret Life of an American Teenager like a hundred times. And you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just like it, it's very frustrating to see like because this was not my experience growing up, and I think I, I think all three of us are from fairly liberal families. It's just a little bit annoying to see that this is what like the parents actually care about when someone's literally gone murder, like been murdered or like has disappeared in their close friend group. How are you not sending this child to therapy for like well, you know one of their friends possibly dying? We're definitely in a what I will call a neighborhood that it seems that there is because they're in a university town. It seems like there are some liberal thoughts and. Um, Some folks who are a little bit more progressive, but at the same time, there are going to be families that are a little bit more conservative. And Emily's family, this is also establishing most likely that her family, her mom specifically, is a little bit more conservative. Um, The next scene, we see that Emily has gone to see Allie's house one last time, and we meet uh, the new uh, owners of the home and specifically her new classmate, Maya. Um, so I have a question for you, gentlemen. Uh, Maya is played by an actress by the name of Bianca Lawson. How old was Bianca Lawson when she filmed this episode? I'm going to say 25. Okay, Max. Oh, God. I mean, I know the show has things on both ends of the spectrum here, so I'm going to, uh, 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 17. (laughs) 31. She what? was what? 31 years old playing a 16-year-old. Yeah, um, she she really does not look like a child. And it, it's, like, also another, another like, it seems like no one got, like, the full script to read beforehand because she seems very chipper about not get, caring about moving into, like, a, a missing girl's house. You know, like, everyone in the neighborhood is, like, really grieving about this woman. It's been a, a one-year anniversary. And then... I, no one told Maya how serious that was or that people going missing is bad. So from the scene, I think that my belief of why we met Maya, right, is Maya is supposed to represent this additional. We just had this conversation about, like, letting your children be adults and 
letting them own their own identities. And Maya very much seems like that type of human being, right? Um, she is coming from, she said 3,000 miles away. I assume it's California. Um, I don't know where Rosewood, Pennsylvania is, so I can't go exactly 3,000 miles. It's, it's in 30 minutes north of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and um, As with any they, show we cover. But Maya is this like little bit of this rebellious um, spirit, right? Smoking weed. We've come to find out in a very interesting scene. If someone says they're a swimmer, what's the first thing that you say to them? I'm not going to say you have the body for it. Uh, because that's such an interesting, like, obviously there is, um, we come to find out that this was flirting, but at the same time, it's just one of those, like, there are other ways of saying, like, oh, I think you'd be a really good swimmer, like, or something of that mindset. The two things I need to highlight in the scene, one, Emily's mom is wild for sending her daughter with a welcome basket full of foie gras. Like, that's just an insane thing to drop off at your new neighbor's house if you don't know anything about them. And then Maya makes a reference to her parents building uh, like an art studio, like a music studio that her, her a recording mom plays, studio, yeah, a recording studio that her mom plays cello. Emily asks if she plays, and she says yes, but not the cello. And she's like really vaguely sexual. And what does that mean? No follow-ups, <laughs> baby. No follow-ups. We're going back. We're going back to a ABC Family Black Tar Heroin or a small amount of weed. Oh my god. Um, well, what I will say is to Emily's credit, Emily, I am here to tell you that if you are a swimmer and you smoke weed, you may also be Michael Phelps one day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but from this scene, we move on to another one of the girls' homes, uh, and that is Spencer. This scene started so abruptly for the most part. Right. Uh, All of these scenes do. Yeah. Because, like, we <laughs> just automatically cut, go into an argument of the idea of, hey, Spencer was supposed to live in this guest house. It's separate space. It's, like, her freedom and independence. But her sister and her med school boyfriend are going to live there while their place in the city gets redone. Um, here, Here's just my thoughts. Um... Melissa sucks. Uh, Spencer's sister <laughs> seems like an awful human being. But here's the other thing, and I think this is supposed to be extremely obvious to the audience, is Ren, Melissa's fiancé, has so much less chemistry with Melissa than he does with the 16-year-old uh, that just yeah. this, continues to, this continues to show up as a theme, and it's it's driving me nuts. Uh, and they, then they're later, they're flirting... Spencer's just reading a book before dinner and Ren just appears and is like, oh, like, hey, you know, are you bothered by us taking the guest room? This isn't a, a scene that has anything to really do with the, the plot, but that is a, that scene you mentioned where he comes by and she's reading the book. It's one of the rare times that Disney in one of their properties allowed a character to be smoking. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah, Ren putting out the cigarette into the planter is one of the very few times like in the modern era that disney has allowed a character to be depicted Whoa. as handling tobacco products on screen now That's wait a minute wild. i know that for a long time abc family was fox family is this fox family at this particular moment or is it or was it now abc family i this do was... believe they're technically a subsidiary of disney at this point 
Yeah. Okay. So this is still Disney, but then we have this. Okay. So after this one inappropriate relationship that possibly might be brewing, we have another inappropriate relationship that has already uh, struck gold in the idea that Mr. Fitz and Arya, first of all, Arya, um, Lucy Hale, I don't know who to address in this instance, but I'm going to address you both as if you're the same person and not an imaginary character. Yeah, that's if probably good. If you are a 16-year-old and you have, let's just call it accidentally made out with your teacher, there should only be one instance of that, and that is after you find out that they're your teacher, that's it. What world does a 16-year-old then go to the teacher and be like, we got something, you and I. Like, let's let's investigate where this is going. And, like, like decision-making is not at a premium for any of these girls. The two-line exchange where Mr. Fitz says, who is this amazing girl? And she responds with, I still am. Nothing's changed. And puts her hand on top of his. I had, like, a full-body shudder to that. Yeah, I, there's it, it's the same with any of these ABC family shows. Yet again, like Secret Life of an American Teenager, I know uh, the the guidance counselor ends up sleeping with one of the students, and like, and it's just like so gross how none of this, like, for all the scandal that they're supposed that they're supposedly like throwing up here, like, what what is the repercussion for any of these old adults like? being like sexualizing 16 year old girls like yeah is, both like, parties need to just remove themselves from that situation entirely truly 100 yeah, percent. well we get we get a little bit more of a appropriate relationship coming up next um aria and maya obviously kicked it off great uh they're hanging out and then they share you know like a, a light little friendly kiss um and while this seems like well i was just like oh yeah like hell yeah emily like you go uh, yeah, we're gay in a Disney property. Let's go. Yeah, let's let's go. Um, <laughs> Emily receives a text from A, and we it's insinuated. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a letter. Oh, that's a, excuse me, a letter. We're going old school, hard media, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, very much just states the idea of hey, um, potentially Emily and Allie had a very similar sort of relationship between the two of them. Yeah, the letter is, Hey, M, I've been replaced. You found another friend to kiss. A, although I thought for sure this scene was going to be Emily getting drug tested for smoking dope. <laughs> yeah, they, they just knew immediately. <laughs> hey, the, the, US, uh, the USDA is uh, wild. So um, I'm going to go off on a small tangent. The USDA has a, like, honor roll. If you inform them for a 90-day straight period of where you are in that exact moment so they can come and randomly drug test you. Um, so, like, hey, you know what? Maybe Emily's like, I gotta I gotta be on the download. I gotta let them know where to find me. Like, I am at Maya's house smoking some pot. Like, right now, come and Damn. find me. Damn. Um, so, we then... So, after the scene, there's a lot of, like, what I find so interesting about this, as opposed to Secret Life of an American Teenager, when we did that, is there are some really quick cut scenes where, like, very small little things happen, and then we go immediately to the next scene. And we go immediately to the scene of, at Spencer's home, um, she is flirting with Ren, uh, the boyfriend, In they're both in 
Okay, Look, so uh, right. I, 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 I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump in really quick for the rest of the go episode. For it, Rich. Men are about to make some really horrendous choices. I I guess let's just get it out of the way right now. I don't want to comment it on, on it anymore because I just sound like a broken record. They're they're all the men in this show are fucking scummy. It's so insane. Uh, so I'm not gonna bring it up again. But Ren is gonna do some more crazy shit. No, I'm I'm going to bring it up because Ren compared rowing crew at Oxford to playing high school field hockey and how dare him do oh, that. Oh, Jeff That's took it. offense to rowing crew jokes. Oh. <laughs> but then there's this extremely inappropriately inappropriate like sensual massage between a grown man and a 16 year old in a bikini. Yeah, he's talking it's... about fluid buildup. Yeah, I bet he's got fluid built up. Jesus oh, Christ. No. I mean, it's good. I'm glad that everyone in the show is in reality like 30 years old because otherwise it just like feels so upsetting. Although I will say, and this is going to be an even more upsetting thing. I'm so sorry. Uh, Sasha Peters, who plays Allison, apparently, is that how you pronounce her last name? Peters? Sure. Uh, p- p- sure. Peter? Yeah. Yeah, Peters. Peters. Uh, <laughs> uh, she is actually 13 in the filming, which is like yeah. truly upsetting. I really hope they don't like put her in any scenarios like this, but it is gross. It so, is kind of funny imagining a high school friend click though, or just like a friend click in general that spans from like 14 to 31. <laughs> hey, hey, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember the 80s? Nope. <laughs> um. But we do get this weird flashback, and Spencer basically gets an email from A stating that this is not the first time that Spencer's had an inappropriate (gasps) relationship with one of Melissa's boyfriends. It's a very long flashback, and, like, I also... Shocker! I I have this... (laughs) I have this thing where it's just like, I mean... Allie was sort of doing the right thing by being like, hey, you sort of have to admit this. But, like, at the same time, she wasn't. She was just sort of being, like, an asshole to be an asshole. And it's like, why is everyone friends with Allie? It is, like, the question that keeps on coming up in my mind. And here's that first-generation Instagram filter we put over this entire scene, which lasted for, like, three minutes, it felt like. What was that, like... Was that called the Nashville or, like, the Tennessee filter or something like that? Oh, oh. God, I miss these. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you know the answer, put a comment below. Uh, so that yeah, everyone co- everyone comment this episode, dude, their favorite 2011 Instagram filter. Yep, that's the question. That's the poll. What's your favorite Instagram filter from 2010 <laughs> to 2011? Um, but from here, we get... A, there's a couple of things that happen really fast, right? We go to Hannah's home. We start to learn a little bit that, like, she is from a broken home in the sense that her father left uh, her mother and her. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually did really like the speech of the mother being like, he left me. He did not leave you. Um, I thought that was... Oh yeah, it, no. He he. Uh, she used the phrasing. Uh, he broke up with me. He didn't. He break broke up, up he, with. He broke up with me. He definitely. Not, he definitely left them both. <laughs> but he did not break up with both of us. I thought that was very sweet. But then we instantly like Hannah did not get off scot free with stealing those sunglasses. Um, we go to the police station, right? Uh, and we just see Hannah's. I, 
Max, I I love your note in here. I'm going to just let you explain <laughs> what happens next. Yeah, Hannah gets arrested by a police officer and played with a guy that I took an improv class with here in L.A. My um, sh- Shout out to the cop played by Bryce Johnson. Uh, you were really fun to take improv 301 with together years and years ago. <laughs> I, I have an issue with but this. But you're a bad cop. <laughs> I, I was going to save this for my wait a minute, but it's such an egregious moment that I have to say it now. For... So she gets arrested with no Miranda rights while her mom, a lawyer, is standing right there. And no one says or does anything. You know you know those scenes we talk about where you just want to see one moment where someone's good at their job? Well, here's a scene where two people are awful at their jobs. <laughs> also, like just like every other, uh, because no one gets a free pass, here's another man making a really bad career decision. Yeah, because... Hannah, uh, Hannah's mom basically is like, hey, we're going, we're leaving. They're in the car stating you will deny everything. Your reputation is the most important thing in a small town like this. And um, when you find out that the body is found of uh, an ex-friend of yours, what ice cream flavor are you going to be eating on a couch by yourself? Just like downing. I, I have to think it has to be like Chunky Monkey or something like that. It is it is an ABC family show, so it's probably something boring like that. You gotta go something with like a bunch of cookies mashed into it. It's it, you know what? It's since it's ABC family, it's a hundred percent rum raisin because no one well, fucking uh, eats that. Yeah. <laughs> it feels and, like all these characters are going down a real rocky road. Uh, oh, there we go. Max, all right, podcast is over. Max, we'll see you later. Um, <laughs> but we do get something really important, right? And that is we see Hannah's mom, um, you know, she invited Max's scene partner uh, over to her, <laughs> <laughs> over to the home, uh, and then this in was a entirely really disturbing too. moment. She like stares Hannah in the eyes, being like, "See what I have to do to like put up with your shit," which was just Be- like, uh, it was, it was really. We don't need that. Be better, Bryce. Be better. <laughs> <laughs> so. We, um, from here, Allison's body's discovered. Uh, this missing body for over a year. We, it is confirmed to us that it is Allie. Um, I have a scene in my notes where it just starts off, and I want you two gentlemen to guess. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, what do you think I was describing? Oh, oh, I'm gonna guess Aria and Mr. Fitz making out in the church vigorously making out like it wasn't just like a nice little like sweet kiss of like oh you know let's try this thing out it was like nope we're on free form now forget about abc family no families here the channel so. changed names in the middle of the pilot eric <laughs> so okay this is free form i i will i will jump in with one fun fact uh and i've talked about it with both of you guys but i have been inside this exact church where they're shooting this funeral scene uh, oh, I'm so sorry, Rich. The, this is the uh, there, yeah, lost a lot. I've lost a lot of good people in that church. Um, I, I this is the only show that we have covered so far, and probably will be. I think the only other show that I did extra work on was that Lisa Kudrow show, The Comeback. Um, but I was in a I was an extra in a funeral in this exact church uh, in season five when uh, I, you know what I'm not going to give any spoilers. You guys should all watch keep watching the show because that. I don't know. That's fun. 
Um, but yeah, that's just a little fun fact. So uh, you have my my weird WB acting debut here. So a couple of things happen. Um, one, Hannah, terrible decision-making, bringing alcohol into a church, only giving it to Emily, where it's just like, <laughs> let's just like, which was just like, aren't you going to offer it up to like the rest of the row? Um, but then we see this mysterious when so everyone else is already hammered yeah throughout the episode there's been mentions of jenna of like what you did to jenna what you did to jenna and we finally see jenna um jenna is a young woman who appears to be blind um and even ali's parents are like was ali friends with jenna to all the girls say no uh not even like trying to veil the idea that hannah was just beloved by all um funeral ends and we meet one final character before the show ends and that Ooh. is detective wilden um who has my favorite line that could also be the alternate title of a 90s movie i will find out what happened that summer uh which i thought was just... <laughs> yeah that was way that was way too high school gossip of him he really let the air out of his own tires on that one but we, it gives us this sense of intrigue. And after we, he walks away, uh, we get one final message from A to all of our main girls. And if I may, Jeff. Yes, please. Please. I'm still here, bitches. A. Oh, wait. No, no, no. A. There's more. It's, it's I'm still here, bitches, and I know everything. A. Yeah. So, <laughs> Signed A. Like, like your grandmother sending a text. So, after that, um, when all these girls just wildly look at each other like, oh no, what's going to happen? We get one of my favorite moments in this show. Now, we have not talked much about the camera work of this show, but mm -hmm. we get the most dramatic crane shot that I have ever seen zoom out from the girls and go about 40 feet high in that moment. And then and that is our final shot of this episode or is it because <laughs> it's not because then we go back into the church we zoom in on the casket we pan to a photo of allison i thought a hand was gonna burst Me too. out of the casket <laughs> <laughs> Me too. i was really hoping for one and and jeff when you saw that crane shot did it give you any nostalgic feelings for another show that you have famously wanted us to cover and wanted to talk about which, which, which show is that, Rich? It's, uh, so this show, Rose, uh, like the town of Rosewood, is just the town from Gilmore Girls. I forgot the name of the oh town. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, in fact... In fact, they actually use a one of uh, the the set for Luke's Diner becomes like a really important uh, restaurant and bar in in that town. Like so, they they use that as a central point for it too. I I'm very excited for when we do Gilmore Girls. Uh, this is our secret Gilmore Girls uh, preview episode. It's <laughs> it's also worth noting really quick that this is our second week in a row where we talk about fancy cranes. <laughs> <laughs> To find well, out more that, about why Max made that joke, uh, listen to our previous episode. <laughs> well, that is Pretty Little Liars and the pilot. Um, wow. I would love to hear from you two gentlemen. What were some things that you loved about this pilot? God, this is one of the first teen shows I think we've watched that accurately captures how shitty teens' music tastes are. Because like <laughs> all of these shows, the like the music 
supervisors are clearly tastemakers in their 30s and 40s who have much cooler tastes. The music in this show sucks, but in the best way possible, there's this like really dramatic Evanescence ripoff as we zoom out of that final crane <laughs> shot. I blasted that album Watt by 303 so much my senior year of high school. I saw him in concert with Cobra Starship and Katy Perry. Oh like, my God. Teens, teens don't have good taste in music and Pretty Little Liars captures that perfectly. Look, we want we want things that are fun. Me being an eighteen year old, uh, me, uh, <laughs> I, I want, I want something that's fun, and I want something to explain mo- emotions that I have, but poorly, just how I could. So, Rich, what about you? Any things that you loved about this pilot? Uh huh. Uh huh. We're gonna move on for me. <laughs> What I will say is I think that this pilot did do a good enough job to have me curious about what is going on in Rosewood, Pennsylvania, right? There's there's obviously something in the water with the men, right? Like, we, we I, I want to get to the bottom of that. Yeah, good uh, lord. If anything. But, um, They're having some quasi-Mormon relationships. I think that we did, using this mysterious figure of A... Um, and I sort of think of this very similar to like how Gossip Girls, right? Or Gossip Girl had like that plot device as a whole. We have this unknown being that seems to be like, we can't see, we can assume, uh, just based off of an initial, but who knows what actually is happening. Since these books and Gossip Girl both come from the same publishing company who creates these book ideas i could also assume that in sisterhood of the traveling pants the pants are like a mysterious figure or something as well (laughs) yes they are because they because they move on their own uh (laughs) yeah uh so actually jeff i did think of something while you were uh when you made that really great point um so i think at least for abc family's sake and uh, it seems to be a lot of these teen shows have a they have a prerogative of making teen girls lives seem mature interesting and and chaotic and uh and exciting in an adult way and that is what they're trying to accomplish while uh you know to keep people hooked basically to tell a story that's going to keep you know people watching uh every week you know, who are of a younger demographic, but they want to have like a more dramatic story that's going to be for these girls. Um, it is really upsetting in hindsight that so much of this gross shit is happening to 16 year olds and younger um, because a lot of these girls have a history already. And if you establish a history by 16, that means uh, a lot of shit's happened when you were significant when you were even younger. So I will say they do a good job of making I would say a teenage girl feel like they're part of the story or they feel like it's plausible drama for someone their age in from a broader scope. It's gross, but they do do a good job of that. So that's the thing I love. Yeah. Um, so what about wait a minute moments for you two gentlemen? <laughs> I've got two here really quick. Uh, they're both towards the end of the episode. The first one is when Hannah is in the police station, don't rifle your hands through the communal jelly beans bowl and then <laughs> touch them and then not take them. 
Yeah. What are you doing, girl? That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, the second one that I have is when they pull up to Al- Allison's house and you see Emily enter. So this pilot was clearly filmed in the winter of 2010. I know they filmed it in Vancouver. Emily is wearing this little like micro mini skirt, but you could just clearly see her breath and frame the entire time because they're <laughs> making this poor girl wear like a short skirt in what I'm assuming is January or February yeah. in British Columbia. Someone in wardrobe is playing a like cruel joke on Shay Mitchell here and just torturing her, having her do this probably over take after take in holding for who knows how long where they set lighting and everything. Like get get the girl pants. Get this girl pants. <laughs> and also like it's the it's the beginning of a school year. I'm gonna tack onto that because I'm so mad about the jelly beans and oh, this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be like August or September and we can yeah. see the breath. Come on. It's it's September it's it's September and it's in Philadelphia. It gets cold in Philadelphia. We don't have to keep pretending. Um, you know what? That's I, I can't think of one that's better than than Max. I, I'm going to add on uh, the most ham-fisted line from this entire show, which I did not cover. Um, and that is, do you remember what Allie said that night about keeping our, secret, our secrets keeping us close? I think it was the opposite. Bam! ABC family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, what what about you, Jeff? So, what I will say is, um, I'm surprised you two gentlemen didn't bring it up because we've been bringing it up this entire fucking episode. The <laughs> men in this show. I said are I was going to stop. I said I was going to stop. The men, everyone, every single man. The, guess what? This week, there's no daddy of the week because yeah, all right. of these men. <laughs> are awful human beings yeah what, what's uh, what's the line is, from what's the line from game of thrones valor Morgulis or whatever that means all men must die that, yes, that, all, that applies strictly to the them. pretty little liars neighbor uh, universe I, I don't like any of them the only one that seems decent is Arya's brother and he's already a douchebag because he's super obsessed with lacrosse like there's nothing going on here that i'm just like oh gotta really invest myself with these men that is all I will say about that. As I said, no one deserves Daddy of the Week this week. Thank you so much. Um, you know what? You can thank Pretty Little Liars for that. <laughs> you, were, you were so close, sunglass kiosk salesman. <laughs> I was going to say, the closest, the closest person was the security guard, but he fucked up because he was caring too much about Hannah's purse rather than the sunglasses on her face. So he fucked up at his job. All right. Uh, we do have a in-flight question this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, this and we one, all received it via text. Ooh, <laughs> this oh, one no. actually came from inside my home. Uh, my <gasps> wife is curious. Who do you think is A, based off of watching the pilot? I think it's the sunglasses guy. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me be proven right, Jeff. It's a watch me be proven right. What about you, Max? It's Ren. He's British. He's obviously the villain. Well, okay, wait. So that that question does imply that A is someone we've met in this first episode, yes? Potentially, yeah. I I can't just come up with the character who I think A is. She very much just was like, so who do you think is A? And I was just like, I don't know. She's 100% 100 that has to mean that it's part of the... uh, it's part of that. I don't know. We haven't heard a lot from Mona yet. Maybe it's Mona. 
Yeah, I mean, Mona is the one where, like, we did get that sort of, like, the idea of Mona was picked on by the girls and picked on by Allie, uh, like, in the flashback and stuff. I mm-hmm. can very easily see it being Mona. Okay, uh, but, like, wouldn't that be the most obvious pick, though? It's like, yeah, it's the girl who got bullied. It's it's the girl who I got mean, bullied. Like, <laughs> Okay, but, like, what I... I like the pick of Ren. I also think that Mr. Fitz would be nuts. Uh, if like if they decided to do that and it's just like yeah I'm all I'm messed up in the head in multiple ways not just sleeping with girls that I have a power complex over uh well Alex honey thank you so much <laughs> for that uh question uh in-flight question if you're looking to give us an in-flight question we'll talk a little bit more about the next show that we will be talking about uh next week but uh before we do that, Let's talk a little bit about the legacy of this show. So, Oh, this man, sh- how many Teen's Choice Awards, Jeff, hit me? <laughs> so this show had seven seasons, 160, se- 160 episodes, and all of the episodes were originally aired on Freeform or ABC Family, whichever it was at the time mm-hmm. during that time. Uh, the highest rated season was actually season number one, which averaged 2.87 million viewers. Really not that bad considering it's cable and it's ABC, uh, ABC family, not ABC. It was actually the number one ranked show in multiple categories, which is wild. Uh, 12, through, 12 through 34 women, 18 through 34 women, and 18 through 49 women demos. Um, which, yes, that is not the main demo when we talk about television, but that's still very impressive Impressive that we're going from ages 12 to 49 through women, uh, for women, and they all agree, for the most part, or a large percentage, that this is a great show. Uh, this was the best performing premiere on ABC Family since another one of our TV pilots licensed shows, uh, Secret Life of an American teenager. Um, we only played the hits, baby. Just winner after so, winner. What a star ready factor. For a even more wild statistic is that the second episode of this show retained a hundred percent of all viewers of the first episode of the show. It actually grew. They slightly. tied them they tied them all to chairs and forced oh them to God. watch episode two. So from an award standpoint, we were very close to a cradle to grave. Uh, but there were no Kids' Choice Awards. But um, we did mention the idea that there were a number of Teen Choice Awards. They won 48 of the 101 nominations that they got. Good Most God. of those were, were People Choice, People's Choice Awards, MTV, uh, and Teen Choice Awards. There were also some GLAAD Awards that were thrown in there as well for mm-hmm. outstanding I, cast and writing. I thought all of those wins you said were just Teen Choice Awards, and I'm picturing these poor cast <laughs> members, just their their homes full of surfboards. Oh, my God. <laughs> Trying um, to walk so, out with nine surfboards. So, a couple other things. Uh, there have been three TV spinoffs of this show in the U.S., as well as a web series. Um uh, there are also four international adaptions of this show. Uh, Turkey, Indonesia, uh, Philippine, and India. Um, you can find this show on HBO Max. Uh, that is where I found it. Uh, you Or just Max. Uh, Max, you, you can find the show. If you see Max on the streets of L.A., uh, just ask him. He will find you the show. Yeah, uh, if you text me, I'll recap the show for you. 
I gotcha. Uh, Jeff, the uh, the Indonesian adaptation was actually Pretty Little Lemurs. It's an entirely different series. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> you can also find this show on Hulu as well. Um, it's also on Netflix. It's on a lot of the different platforms, uh, surprisingly. They just sold off the rights. Good for uh, them. But it was also on DVD. Uh, and that is the current history and the current legacy. Oh, but you didn't. Of... You did not mention the spinoff that's currently under. Uh, that's currently in production. That is um, one of the three spinoffs. That is one of the. Oh, three. really? Wait, but it's yes. it's already wait. It's already like in. It's already in the can. Like they already they already shot it. I I believe so. But if they're wow. currently filming it, congratulations! Wow. wow. Maybe there's a fourth. Damn. And we'll potentially do it one day. <laughs> not, not if Rich has anything to do with yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the spinoff blocker after this after Fraser. You're not showing up on our Mount Rushmore of spinoffs. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> with that being said, uh, and with that being the legacy, Rich, it is time for your game of the week. All right, this one is called uh, Three Pretty Little Lies and One Okay Truth," and I want to. And this is all about. <laughs> This is all about American history, and I'm going to give you uh, four quote-unquote facts. Uh, three of them are lies, of which we were uh, we were not told the actual story. And, uh, and I want you to just uh, pick out which one is true. All right, so first one is Abner Doubleday invented the baseball, invented baseball in Cooperstown, New York. Harvard was the first university ever established in the U.S., Paul Revere rode through the streets of Boston shouting the British are coming to awake the masses for battle. And the fourth, the famous Orson Welles War of the Worlds broadcast caused mass hysteria across the tri-state area with people hearing of an alien invasion. Three of those are lies. Which one is true? Jeff is deep in thought. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing his mind right now. Uh, Max, I'm going to let you go first. Alrighty, I'm gonna just I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here. Um, I'm going to say that Paul Revere is a lie. I, I've got no basis for that, but Paul Paul Revere, I don't I don't trust you. <laughs> oh no, we're picking the truth. We're pick, which one's true? Oh, oh three shit. of three um, of those are lies. I'm gonna oh s- damn! I'm gonna say that Harvard is the truth. That Harvard was the first. Um, did you say university, or are you trying to be like an asshole and be very? No, 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 no. no. This is not a this college? is not a technicality thing. Uh, yeah, I the, think Harvard was the first college in the uh, within the colonies of the United States. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I'm well. I don't want to just agree with Jeff. I, I'm going to say uh, it's number four. Uh, the Orson Welles, the Orson yeah. Welles one. Uh, so uh, Jeff, you are actually right. Um, Abner Doubleday Let's did go. not. Did not, in fact, invent baseball. In fact, he hated it. Uh, Harvard was the first university established in the U.S. Paul Revere rode through the streets of Boston, but so did a whole bunch of other people. And uh, <laughs> well, I got it right. That one was the lie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, Paul Revere rode through the streets of Boston, uh, uh, not shouting "The British are coming," but most likely whispering it because people were not in favor of a revolution at that point. 
And uh, the famous Orson Welles War of the Worlds broadcast was uh, was purported to cause mass hysteria in New York and uh, New Jersey with people thinking that the uh, alien invasion was real. But really, there was only one instance of someone writing in. It's one guy, uh, one farmer in uh, New Jersey who wrote in to a radio station com- uh, like asking if what happened was real. No one else cared. And they really made it out to be like a whole big ass thing when really it was kind of like everyone knew it was a prank. That's wild. Well, Rich, thank you for that game of the week. Um, I have two more questions for each of you gentlemen. Um, Do you think this show uh, could be made or a version of the show could be made today? Uh, regardless of the spinoff or reboot that may or may not be coming, according to uh, this podcast. Uh, And would you continue watching this version of the show? Rich, I'll start with you. I'm going to go with, yeah, just based on the fact that they're literally making a a spinoff right now. Um, that sounds gonna, that sounds pretty apt. Once again, I don't think the audience is there in the same way it was in 2010, but we'll see how that happens or see what that, what the changes are in the actual writer's room. And am I watching more of it? Hell no. Sorry, (laughs) Max. I mean, in terms of the plot of this show, this is a classic example of shows that would be over really, really quick if everybody had a smartphone. Um, (laughs) But... Because obviously, like, you, you could figure out who this was. You could easily get IP addresses, figure all that out. Show would be done in an episode. Uh, it would be the end of the book, too. There wouldn't be 15 more books. The show could absolutely be made today. Uh, dr- overly dramatic teen trash is always going to have a place. Uh, I think of a show like Outer Banks right now on Amazon Prime, which I haven't watched any of, but I think is teen trash, and I hear the name a lot. So I'm going to assume that they're the same thing. Am I going to watch it? No, no, no. This is it. This is where we stop. Buck stops here. Yep. All right. What about Uh, you, Jeff? It's up to me. So I absolutely can see a version of this show being made today. Uh, The CW Network has made a lot of money of getting a lot of really pretty people, uh, putting them on a TV screen and just randomly murdering someone and saying, solve the murder over a season. Uh, So I think that this could survive on that um riverdale was on the air for way longer than i thought it was going to be uh and sabrina did great on netflix for a few seasons uh with that being said as far as me continuing to watch this i am going to give it one more episode i'm gonna give it one more he's biased max he's biased i i you know what i defend yourself right now I, i will defend myself I'm going to give this one more episode in the sense that I really enjoyed watching this with my wife uh, and hearing her comment commentary and watching her get as invested as she did, having already known everything that already happens in this show. What a uh, fucking ABC is, family answer. That is, uh, that is really the treat. Watching television with my wife is the treat that keeps on giving. Well, you, you uh, enjoy more Pretty Little Liars, Ned Flanders. well uh with that being said we have uh one yes from me and two upset co-hosts with me uh but uh i would love to hear where we can find you two gentlemen you can find me on all things social media at maxwell sing uh, you can find original sketch comedy for myself and Rich over on TikTok at Dadwagon Comedy, as well as the TV Pilots License on TikTok at 
TV Pilots license. You can uh, find me attending a Hawaiian woman's funeral in episode five or season five, episode twelve of Pretty Little Liars. And you can also find me uh, at on Instagram at Dan That's Rich. And you can find me uh, not only apologizing to my two co-hosts about my taste in television, uh, you can also probably find me trying to figure out what's in the water in Roseville, Pennsylvania, and how we get rid of the men. But if you're looking for me on social media, uh, you can find me at RunJeffRun on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the TV Pilots License on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, you can email us at tvpilotslicense at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713 for our next episode. There you we go. are diving into a galaxy far, far away and talking about Star Wars Clone Wars. Uh, I am so genuinely pumped for this. It's going to come out on May 4th. We're only doing it for that stupid May the 4th joke. Uh, send us your questions and be sure to tune in next week. As they say in Star Wars, it's going to be May. Uh, and you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, watch it on Disney+. Plus. Um, make sure that you are actually watching the TV show and not the uh, TV movie. Highly recommend. Uh Make sure to watch out for our Instagram for sneak previews of some of the upcoming episodes that we have coming up. Uh, but with the plane landed, the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, I got a secret. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>